Thank you everyone for joining in. Welcome to 2023 Fanfield Motorsports. I'm going to be your instant host of the Pittsburgh Colton Kendall. I'm joined again by Matt Yost. Uh, Matt, long time no see. How you been doing? Good, man. Um, happy to be back. I'm sorry to hear Alex not feeling so good, but happy to uh, help out tonight and talk a little race and um, gets a little quiet in the off season. So we got some stuff to ramp up with and looking forward to talking about it all. Yeah. Yeah. We just got done with my favorite week of racing and probably the busiest week of racing of the entire year, which is the Chili Bowl Nationals. Um, so we're going to get in and talk about all of that. Um, we are going to offer in our newest segment, which I will kick off immediately called Splash and Dash. Um, we're just going to hit some quick bullet points for you guys. And then Matt and I will kind of discuss it as we go. Feel free to chime in in the comments here. Um, if you guys are on Facebook, YouTube, um, if you're on Twitter, hop on over to YouTube and chime in in the comments. We'd love to hear from you. We will be highlighting some of those. Without further ado, let's get started. So with the world of motorsports, before we get into the, the Chili Bowl and all the mess that that was, um, Formula E had its debut in Mexico City. Um, saw Avalanche Andretti driver Jake Dennis win the season over with many fans and drivers critical of the Gen 3's on-track product. Um, I'm going to be honest. I didn't watch most of it. I usually don't get into the Formula E stuff until like March, April when I'm kind of full swing into racing. I don't know if you watched any of it. Um, apparently no, people are just caught the, the highlights of the headlines. That's about it. Yeah. Um, series veterans, uh, Sebastian Bami said the cards are harder to pass and there's no excuse for that. Our power is limited at the moment to the rears, but we have motorsport on the front tires and it could be 800 horsepower all wheel drive vehicles. Our tires are way too hard. We finally have the beasts rival top motorsports, but we leave them weak. sounds like the drivers aren't very happy. And this, as NASCAR fans, sounds kind of familiar. Not quite enough power. They want a little bit more. I mean, who doesn't want to be a race car driver and have too much power? Um, people that can drive, drive with their right foot. And that was something that, you know, guys like Tony Stewart complained about in the, in the, in the last years of his uh, career in, in Cup was he drives with his right foot in the seat of his pants. He used to take that away. You're running go-karts, you know, Um there's no excuse to not have too much power in other Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you get into like the upper echelons of motorsport. Mm -hmm. um, I think any of the top series need to have way, way too much horsepower. Like, let's, let's see what these guys can do. Jesus Christ. Horsepower doesn't automatically mean speed. You know, you still have to put a car on the track that can drive. So if you had a cup car with a thousand horsepower, if you had a F1 car with 3,000 horsepower, you still need to manage that power to the track and drive it. So safety, you know, at, at top speeds, yeah, that comes into play on big oval, super speedways. But on short tracks, intermediates, and road courses, give them all the power in the world. It's, you got to figure out how to put it down. Yep. Yeah, more lift time equals more pass time. Um, and simple. Supercross, Supercross kicked on, kicked off with round one. It was a couple weeks ago. Saw Eli Tomac right, riding right where he left off after winning the series last year. Um, news came out that this might be his final season in the sport, as he's told he's told Yamaha last offseason he'd only be back in 2023 if they built him a bike worth riding, and they they certainly did. <laughs> Quick enough. Let's see what Alex is. So we have our main <laughs> host, the patriarch of Fan Fuel Motorsports, Alex Harrington, chiming in. Alex is Matt alluded to it earlier, not feeling well. He's had bronchitis since about Saturday. Can't talk. Not good for podcasts. 
no, not good at all for podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> not it's good for anything. Driver said they were way too tricky, like go karts. Word. What's I mean, go karts are fun, but yeah, they're not easy to drive either. So it's all about it's all about driver feel. And if, if drivers don't have feel, they're not going to put on a good show. I don't care what series it is, what type of racing it is. Um, on land, see your air. If you don't have feel, you're just not going to have a good race product. Yeah, exactly. Um, Supercross round two rained out in Oakland after multiple bomb cyclos smacked California. Um, they've been getting a ton of rain and are just now getting a break from it. So they're hoping to run Anaheim two this weekend. Um, I'm glad this wasn't hitting a month later. So we're not scrubbing out auto club from our schedule. Yeah, true. Um, the Supercross stuff, I, I watched, um, uh, a one for uh for a pretty good long time and it was cool to see Roxon back on a suzuki that just uh that just looked right uh seeing him back on that bike i feel for some of the riders on some of those um those bad hole shot wrecks that they had you know thoughts go out to them um that's never uh, you know never a good time you're just everybody's flat out you got nowhere to go put you know peg to peg wheel to wheel um praying for all of them to make speedy recoveries and get back on the circuit yeah that is definitely not not a sight to see, um, especially like whole shot, like the track narrows up so significantly. Mm -hmm. so not only are they so close together to begin with, but they have to run closer together to make the first corner. Yeah. That split whole shot is that's tough. I mean, that's uh, you just don't know. You got, you know, it's like merging on the highway with, you know, 40 something bikes and cars all at once and everybody fighting for the same spot, that preferred line. And, you know, seeing some of those tumbles and, it's just tough, but you know, it's, it's the cost of doing business. The riders all understand yeah. the risks and you know, it's, it's going to be something that happens. Um, just like to see them, you know, make a recovery and be able to get back. Yeah. Um, so they are, it is kind of up, um, up in the air right now as if they're even going to get Oakland in this season, just because the season is so hectic. Yeah. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see if they do find a way to squeeze that in. Alex said he's the craziest opening track we've ever seen. <laughs> it's true. I don't watch much Supercross, so I'm gonna have to take y'all's word for that. Yeah, I mean, it was a technical track. It was uh, it was long. It was fast. Um, that split hole shot, you know, it, it produces some really exciting starts, and then just the uh, the racing product itself was good. I mean, the coverage is always spot on. Um, you can't beat having Lee Diffie call anything. The the voice is iconic. His uh, his knowledge is so awesome. So um, yeah, Supercross for those or motocross that don't watch it. This year with their new playoff format and stuff, I'm really eager to see how the season's going to progress. Yeah, and I'm hoping to keep up at least a little bit more on it and try to kind of learn some of the in and outs. I know some of the big names, like you mentioned, Ken Roxon. Um, I've heard of him, but I've only really heard of him because of some of the gnarly injuries he's gone through. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, I don't know what anybody that's made it to the top level that hasn't broken their everything, I know, at some point. So <laughs> glad to... Uh, you know, the safety's getting so much better. Uh, you know, the guys are recovering. There's a lot more science in, um, in medicine, so that's cool. Um, you know, some of those head and neck restraints that they have now they didn't have before probably prevents more injuries than we'll ever know, be able to quantify. So um, it's just cool, man. Those bikes are just, they're light, they're fast. They are fun to watch. Yeah, hell yeah. Well, I'll definitely have to check some of that out. Um, so that is really it for Splash and Dash. I mean, it's a very quick segment. Um, we're just going to kind of, toss a few ideas around and then move right on along. So this week, this previous week, we had Chili Bowl Nationals, which you mentioned you watched um, quite a bit of it Saturday, it sounds like. You said you were watching for about seven hours when we were talking before stream, um, which actually isn't a lot of racing, you've come to find out. 
No. Um, I had, and I've been keeping up with, um, you got you to give a shout out to uh, Walkopedia on his, uh, his Twitter updates. If you're not there, if you can't grab a TV or if you don't have your phone or any of your electronic devices to keep up with the action, the, the rate that his thumbs moved is only rivaled by Bob Prockers and his, his ability to do live updates. So um, big shout out to Walkopedia. Thank you for all that you do to keep us fans, you know, in the loop with, uh, with all the updates for the day, all the pertinent news stories. Uh, yeah, so I get to my buddy's house around five o'clock. I, I was telling Colton they were running out like E mains. Um, so yeah, I watch E till the feature, and that's seven and a half, almost eight hours to watch seven races. You know, five A B C D E and the two um, two Bs and the two Cs. So seven features in seven and a half hours. That's got to get better. Yeah, yeah. So the so I watch Chili Bowl all week. I usually take the week off work. Um, all day Saturday to be on at my house from, I had it on 8 a.m. my time. So mountain time, mm -hmm. um, 8 a.m. to about 4 p.m. was when they started that middle track prep, getting ready for the pole shuffle. So that eight hours had, I don't know, 20 races in it probably. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. it started out at N mains and run two of each all the way up through E. Um, that was a lot of racing. And then obviously you get to that track prep right in between where map TV normally picks up. And it's like the whole program just hits a wall. Um, they have no no interest in keeping the show moving, no interest in trying to hurry it along. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the opening ceremonies alone took over an hour. Yes. And then, then track prep immediately after because they won't do both at the same time for whatever reason. Um, so you're watching almost two hours with no racing on what's supposed to be the biggest midget race of the year. Now, they put – a little filler in here and there. There was a couple, you know, side pieces on, uh, you know, unfortunately this year, the big, you know, the big story was uh, Ashton Torgerson's bad wreck, um, you know, him coming out of the, out of the car. Um, awesome to see him back um, on, on feature night, uh, the support that he got, his family got um, the, the love and the thanks that they put back out to everybody for uh, keeping him in their thoughts and, all the drivers that stopped by, you know, Rico Abreu, um, KTJ, going to the hospital just to make sure that, that you know, he's doing okay. That's awesome to see in the racing community. I don't think you see a tighter racing community than you do in, um, in the dirt racing. You wreck the car, you look down in the work area, everybody from every team is down there offering tools, parts. Uh, Keith Coons Racing, Chad Boat Industries, they're all down there, um, you know, Swindells, their speed labs. They're all down there helping each other out just so they can put on now, I'm going to say the, the Chili Bowl, you know, all the prelims, the races, they put on, you know, a, an amazing product. I cannot knock the racing on track. The drivers, the cars, the uh, the coverage is is always really good. But, man, those breaks, like you said, was was really tough. And I'd love to see more uh, stories of these rising stars. This is what it's for, right? These are people trying to make their way into the racing world. Give them some airtime. You're on Flow and Mav, two of the biggest, you know, internet Base provider TVs, um, racing TV, there is. So give them their shot, man. Put them on. Let them talk about their sponsors. Let them talk about their struggle to, to make it to where they are. And um, yeah, I think that yeah. would have been perfect for keeping interest between the track prep and the opening ceremonies. Yeah. I'd like to see them, if they are going to keep the break so long, um, send a couple of the booth guys down in the pits and just have them walk and just – talk to everyone they can, you know, even if they're wrenching on the cars, stick a microphone in their face, you know, let's get like a, a massive grid walk going, you know, how could you not? I mean, you're, 
every time, you know, uh, it's one thing Flo did really well was give you the pan shot of the pit area, you know, every five minutes and, um, you know, 365 plus cars packed into a, uh, it's, it's hard to even quantify the size of, of the event yeah. itself. It is, it is, I, I got to see it for myself someday in person. Um, but I agree with that. Let them go down. Let them. Yeah. What, what are you guys doing? How do you feel about, you know, the upcoming race? How did, how did your week go? You know, you had guys that raced on Monday and Tuesday that didn't sit in the car again until Saturday. Yeah. Um, you know, depending on what, what feature you locked into. So uh, there is no shortage of content available at the Chili Bowl. Zero. There's yeah. no problem finding filler time. Yeah. Yeah. And there, there are some great interviews um, to come out of it every year. Um, so I really, I really love flow racing's coverage of the event just because they take it from such a professional standpoint. Um, and they provide such good insight to the actual racing. Um, you know, I really love how, whenever there's an accident on track, the first, one of the features, first people out there is the flow reporter, you know, mm -hmm. stick the microphone in and he's usually relaying to the TV and you know, overall, or I guess, you know, accidentally relaying it to the work area to tell the guys what they need to fix. Yeah. It, the, the real time, it actually shocks me sometimes how fast that, you know, being a safety guy myself, how fast they get out on the track while there's still cars, you know, coming around the, you yep. know, People that don't know, you know, they don't just have a starter. They can't just red flag it and fire them up. You know, the, the push-off process, um, even even just from a wreck, you know, it takes up a lot of time. And that's that's just part of the game, right? I mean, yeah. you're not going to see these cars just put in starters because they want to move along events. That's, that's the way the cars are built. It's the way they're going to be. So people that complain about that, sorry, got nothing for you. That's going to be yeah. – but, yeah, they're uh, – the safety workers and the, uh, the pit reporters – as soon as that car goes, man, they are out on that track. Um, yeah, that's off to yeah. them. That's <laughs> that's uh, that's some pretty crazy stuff. But yeah, so much. There's always just so much content going on. I and uh, yeah, they fill it. They um, they fill your mind with with a lot of the insights going on. They, oh, you know, the car looks fine. Oh no, he's got the Nerf bar pushed into the right rear. He's got to go back to the work yeah. area, like you said. Sawzalls and uh, Wizwills are ready to go. Cut them, send them. Let's go racing. Yeah. Yeah. And the amount of time they can flip those cars around too. I've seen guys snap tie rods and blow out radius rods and they're still back out before the green flag's taken. One um, you, know, so that, you get that one minute yep. in the work area and they got a new shock on the car. Boom. You're back on the racetrack. Yeah. It's yeah. Cool. It's crazy. Some of the shit they can do. <laughs> it is cool. Yeah. Um, so Drew alluded to it. Drew Mason is uh, he's on Twitter is big rig. I don't remember his, his actual at at the moment. Um, but I talk to him all the time. He's he's one of my my best dirt racing guys, and I constantly chat with him during the week, Chili Bowl and all the big races. I will say the track from Monday to Thursday was fantastic, and the track Saturday in Main to Saturday C Main was was awesome. B and A left a lot, you know, a lot to. Uh, God, I can't even talk. See, I haven't even done this podcast in like four weeks. So now I'm just completely out of out of my You're rhythm here. Stuff, man. You'll be fine. Yeah, it's left a lot to be desired, especially Friday night. We saw the track rubber up. And then again in the A main on Saturday, um, a super bottom dominant race. There wasn't a ton mm. of passing going on. Um, but it was still really cool to see Logan CV and Tanner Thorson completely duke it out as best they could without dumping each other for the win. Yeah, clean, um, super clean. I really I thought towards the end that Tanner Thorson was going to put a, a nerf bar to to CV and knock him out of the way. He sure could have. I mean, he had every opportunity to do yeah. it. Um, you know, the, the problem is 
you can't wreck a midget cleanly, right? If you dump yeah. them, you're probably going to take yourself out doing it. You know, you can't just give someone the bumper and send them up the racetrack as easily as you could in a fendered car or something like that. So well, that's got to be in the back of your mind. If, if I do this, what happens to me in, you know, in my car? So, and then is that, is that how you want to be remembered winning, winning a race by just dumping somebody out? So um, yeah, 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 big, um, big shout out to Thorson. Awesome race that him and us he put on. Traded the lead, you know, got through lap traffic, got some of those cautions and traded back and forth. Um, but some, but a, but a good finish. I mean, a good finish overall. Yeah. Yeah. And I really did enjoy the whole week. Um, it, it does kind of kill the momentum, that huge long track prep. Um, and Alex kind of alluded to it. There's probably too much track prep on Saturday, especially if the track, I saw it a couple years ago too, where the track was just one lane around the top. Like it's going to be that way anyway. Let's just not rip up the track and let these guys figure it out. I mean, could there, could there be a better way to prep the track? Um, you know, I'm not going to say that they do a bad job. You're, you're prepping that track for hundreds of races. So yeah, yeah. I, I, I get that. I get that there's time involved. It's not like a, you know, a short track Saturday night where you prep the track early, um, prep it between heats and features, and you're just going to send it and go with whatever you got. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I think it could be, you know, a little bit more efficient. Maybe they can find ways to make it happen. And maybe you don't need to chew it up every time. I'm certainly not a dirt track um, prep expert. So I don't know all that goes on with, you know, the, the milling, the moisture and, and all that stuff. But I agree that the track has been better in years past and for no less racing. I mean, there's, it's not yeah. like this year was the first year they had this many races. Um, yeah. Why, why did it not just, just take as, um, as well as years past? Yeah. And I'm sure there's, there's probably science in it as far as the compound of the tires. They mentioned that the, the who knows? I'm not smart enough to do that shit. Uh, not even close. Uh, I usually just stand in the stands and drink beer. Like I'd probably be Watch hanging out with two rowdies. Yeah. <laughs> I did see one of the uh, um, best things I saw this week was, I think it was Monday or Tuesday night, the turn two rowdies, for those who are unfamiliar, um, Chili Bowl turn two stands, they they get crunk. They, they drink beer all day. They throw marshmallows. They're throwing beach balls. Anything they can grab, they're throwing in the stands, having a big old party. Well, I saw some old guy get kind of upset and try to bring a security guard up to the top row and try to calm him down. And as soon as that security guard got about halfway up, they were hucking beer cans and marshmallows and anything. <laughs> they, and he just turned around and walked right back down the stands. Oh, it was so funny. Yeah, that's really um... – that's that's the danger zone. You got to know what you're getting into. I mean, there should be waivers that you have to sign to even <laughs> yeah. go into that part of the racetrack because, yeah, it is it is utter bedlam. Um, anybody that's ever gone to New Hampshire Speedway for uh, for the races, that's like what Lot X used to be, an all-out, drag-out, crazy party, start to finish. Um, I'm amazed that they're awake on Saturday when it, when it comes feature time. I'm surprised it's not the quietest section of the building by the time it's, you know, midnight, 1 a.m., but – yeah, what what a party and what a group of people that just they're just there to have fun, support some racing. And look at the, I mean, you pan to the stands, you saw the drivers that weren't in the features going over and hanging out with them. They yeah. want, I mean, it's it's like sitting in center field bleachers. You know, you're gonna pay ten bucks, see maybe nothing of the game, but you're gonna have an amazing time with the fans right. around there, and that's the coolest part. Yeah, yeah, and the rowdies do love Rico for whatever reason. Rico, Rico is their absolute favorite. Um, I do not like Rico though. He's just got, he's got a cool personality. He's so, he's so into his fans. Um, 
you know, his hookup with with Kyle Busch and the Rowdy Energy, the sponsorship and all that stuff for his, uh, you know, for his wing car and his midget cars. Um, so cool. Just uh, what, what an amazing guy. You know, he, he interacts with his fans on all the social medias, your Facebooks, your Twitters, um, constantly doing giveaways and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, Rico, Rico gets it. Rico does it right. And it's uh, it's great that he gets the recognition that, you know, again, I said before with him going to visit uh, Ashton Torgerson, he's one of the first people there. You know, he won the feature, didn't uh, didn't celebrate, didn't do burnouts and, and make, you know, make it about him. He was keeping, you know, keeping the drivers in his thoughts. So uh, brought him the trophy that night. That's 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 it all right there. That's what sportsmanship and sports is all about. Yeah. Yeah. Extra shout out to Rico for just for being a good guy about it. You know, like you said, immediately in his interview, he didn't talk about the race. He talked about Ashton um, and watching that live. That was probably the scariest thing I've ever seen in racing. Um, yeah, that yeah. that was a rough one. I'm really glad that Flo cut away. Um, yeah. Great job for that. You don't need to you know, to make any more of someone's worst, worst time. Um, I, I think a lot of sports could learn from that. When you see somebody get injured on a field, um, driver in a bad wreck, you don't need the camera panned right into him. I mean, you can see craters on the moon with these TV cameras now. Yeah. You know, cut away, do the right thing, please. Yeah. Yeah. And shout out for those guys for keeping it professional, not speculating on anything, just reporting facts. Um, and then as soon as the races were rolling again, they, we moved right along. Um, didn't sweep it under the rug, but also didn't keep it the main topic of the night either, or Thursday night, once we knew that all was more than likely going to be well with Ashton. Um, so super shout out to everyone involved. Obviously the safety crews getting down there so quick. Um, yeah, it is, there was a miracle that happened in that arena on Wednesday night. That's, you said it right there, true miracle. Um, can't speculate about what happened to let him be liberated from the car. I'm not going to knock any you know, safety products or, or say even what I think happened. Um, it happened, right? We, we saw right. it. it it's, it's something that's thankfully behind us now. And, you know, maybe something good comes of it. You never want to see anything bad happen to a driver, but maybe they learn something. Maybe a safety innovation comes from this. So um, that's the silver lining, but um, yep. Good job, yeah. Ashton. Um, coming back, getting back, doing the right thing, taking the steps in the recovery and hope to see him back on the track, you know, making a name for himself soon. Yeah. The right yeah, way, not said, for Rex. Back, yeah, right. Yeah. For the right reasons. And like you said, he was back in the arena on Saturday. They were interviewing him. Um, he was, you could tell he was not a happy camper, um, whether that was because of the injury or because he couldn't race or both. Um, he didn't look like he was having the best time, but nonetheless, he was there doing the deed, every talking to everyone that wanted to talk to him. Um, Anytime you have a head injury, you really got it. You really got to be careful. Um, you know, he didn't really say that he did, but uh, you know, he alluded to no screen time. Um, that's very common for uh, for concussions. People that have had them, you got to limit your light exposure, especially your uh, your blue light exposure to screens. So, um, hope he's doing all that. I hope his you know his recovery is going well, and that they'll monitor him, and he'll be back to uh, back in fighting shape before you know it. Yeah. Yeah, so looking at the entire week, um, your prelim winners were in order. I looked it up this morning. I had them all in my mind before I looked them up. Let's see if I can remember them. In order it goes, Cannon McIntosh Monday night. Hank Davis pulled out an upset Tuesday night, which was kick-ass to watch. Uh, Rico Wednesday night. Uh, Tanner Thorson won Thursday, and then Logan Seavey Friday. 
Um, Logan Seavey, the ultimate winner, was the first guy in 11 years to win everything he entered in that week. He won his heat. He won the qualifier, um, the prelim, pole shuffle, and the Chili Bowl. Last guy to do that was his car owner, Kevin Swindell, during his four-in-a-row streak he had. You can't make that stuff up. I mean, that's just a coincidence of racing. Same car number, same guy, you know, um, that, that story writes itself, and that was awesome. Uh, what a win for uh, Kevin Swindell. Um, you know, all that he does, staying in the sport, even after his, um, you know, his accidents and his injuries, and, you know, all that the Swindell family has done forever and ever in racing. So um, that was that was just the icing on the cake. Um, the 39 back in victory lane. Um, yeah, and just the sweep. That really showed why he was there at the front for the end of that race. He earned it. He deserved it. The car prep was spot on. The driving was spot on. Can't say enough about him. Yeah, and they built the car in two months. They just started a couple months ago. Unreal. And Swindell is just so good. He built a Chili Bowl winning car in almost no time. Um, One of the best to do it. I mean, you know, his uh, four wins, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Um, four in a row. You know how many would he have had? You can't even you can't even speculate how right. uh, how many he could have had in his career. But one of the best to do it is now you know helping people along and you know turning them in the, into the best to do it. So awesome job, right. Kevin Swindell and team Bertrand Motorsports. Right. Speaking of the best to do it, there were five Chili Bowl wins that weren't accounted for on Saturday night in Kyle Larson, Christopher Bell not being there. Um, we chit chatted about this a little bit before the show. Um, people were talking about it all last week. Um, these guys weren't there because they don't like how little the race pays. This is the biggest midget race of the year, and they pay ten grand to win, which is like we were talking about. There are midweek modified races that pay 30, 40, 50k. Why is this only paying ten? Um, we even talked so much as like the economics of it. Tickets are sixty-five bucks a night per person. There's fifteen thousand seats that are packed out. Probably a couple grand more in the pits. You know, I mean, we're talking millions of dollars. Someone is laughing their way to the bank every single year. No question. Just from what you said, you know, the spectator money, um, the all the teams. You know, if you have 365 some odd cars that are probably on average, and I'm not, I know there's some big mega teams and stuff like that, but on average per vehicle, you're figuring three to four crew members. Um, they're all paying their entry fees. You, you've got licensing fees. You've got Mav and Flow TV. You've got corporate sponsors. You've got all this, you know, all this influx of, of big name stuff and $10,000 to win. Now someone says, oh, well, you know, they're midgets. They're, they're not that expensive race car to, uh, to put on track. Wrong. There Bullshit. is no <laughs> form of racing that is inexpensive. I don't care if it's go-karts. I don't care if it's, you know, NHRA dragsters. Every form of racing that you enter is money. Now, is it just the race car? No. You've got a lodge for the week. You've got to feed yourself for the week. You got car parts. You got tires. You got fuel. All this stuff right. doesn't just doesn't just appear. Um, doesn't just happen. And you know, Chili Bowl for people that don't know is Saturday to Saturday. You know, your load-in day to your features. You are there for a solid week. Um, great for the Tulsa area. You know, with all the all the people they bring in for tourism. But it is rough on a racer to keep turning a car. Now, if you're if you're not winning your features. You're racing all week to get yep. to the A main, um, you know, prelim after prelim after, and then you go into alphabet soup. Um, it's it's significant cost. Uh, just think about the transporters. You got you got diesel fuel. Probably average is what six bucks, seven bucks a gallon, 
across the nation. So if you're bringing a toter from California, from New England, all the way to Tulsa, you spent your prize money just getting there. Right. So, and, you know, riddle me that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, Drew's confident it's 60 to 100,000 motors in those damn things. I'd, I'd bet quite a bit of the big teams spend that. that. Yeah. Um, no question. Like you said, yeah, no sport, no foreign motorsport is cheap. If y'all can find a running midget for less than 10 grand, flip that. Buy it, flip it for a profit because you're getting a steal of a deal. Um, I talked to a guy at Road America when I went out there. He had a, um, a dirt midget on display. And I asked him if he had ever attended Chili Bowl. And he said, listen, I can go to Chili Bowl once in my career or I can run a season of racing. And it took me a second to really process that. Um, one week or an entire race season. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know what else, you know, illustrates it better than that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and you're talking 400 cars. Most of those guys don't do it for a living. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a guy from Cheyenne who actually enters two cars every year. Um, and he made it as far as the I main, you know, and he's getting for an I main, a handshake as he walks out the door. That's it. You know, a week of your life is gone. Um, I talked, I had the pleasure of talking to Logan Schuhart last year. Um, and he said he'd run the chili bowl if they start to pay, you know, how many names could we get if they pay out a hundred grand? Um, you know, yeah. How many names now people say, now you're just going to have all your hot shoes come in and just, uh, you know, take it over. And that's only the names you're going to see on, on Saturday night. I don't think that that's correct at all. You, you, you had, um, you know, established dirt drivers out there. Chase Briscoe comes from a, a dirt background, um, did well in his prelim, got himself into the B main, um, kind of hurt himself on his, uh, he got a little bit out of shape in the race for his transfer spot, but, um, you know, he's going to be back. You have your Alex Bowman's JJ, Darren Pittman, uh, you know, world of outlaws champion. They're not locked in. They, they know, um, one of the biggest stories that I thought from the week, buddy Kofoid, I mean, he gets in bad, bad luck, bad shape in his race and he's got to race his way through. He's super fast. He's super good. And you don't see him in the A main just, just based on, you know, bad luck week. But, just because you're a name and bring money does not qualify you automatically to show up and be one of those cars to run on Saturday night. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Buddy Kofoid's a big name. He uh he beat Kyle Larson in his prelim night last year and then made it to what a, a G main and H main. Just yeah, he transferred oh, quite a few. Yeah. Um, quite a few. Yeah, if you wreck your prelim night or you wreck on Saturday, like you're done. You don't get a second chance. Um, Timez, you know, he had, he had an issue early in the week and, you know, um, drove the absolute wheels off it in, um, in his soup race. And, um, I really thought he was gonna have a chance in the A main as fast as he was on the cushion, but it just never developed. You know, there was never a, never a high line that really got fast. Um, really thought he could have come through. So yeah, your biggest names, there's a, there's no lock. There's no, just, I show up and I just expect I'm going to be there on Saturday night. Um, Right. You got to put in the effort. You got to put in the prep and, uh, yeah, you got to have a little bit of lady luck on your side. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, shout out to to Chris Carroll, who broke the record on Saturday for the most soups raced in in a seven single day. Seven goddamn races. Holy Can you crap. Imagine? Yeah, 80, 80 something laps he ran around that place, uh, past upwards of 60 something cars. Now, Man. for people that also don't run, they don't watch Chili Bowl, when you finish a main, you go right back for the next. You got about. Yeah. You, you got, got about minutes. five minutes yeah. to turn the car yeah. over and you're going right back at it. And you ain't starting up front. You're in the back. You got to come forward and, and yeah. transfer and keep going and hats off, man. Anybody that 
Anybody that does the Cinderella past, you know, four transfers, that's incredible. Seven, man, super, super yeah. impressive. Yeah, unheard of. Yeah, just enough time to throw some fuel in the car and maybe <laughs> yeah. grab a yeah a, a swig of NOS, and then you're right back out. Um, so that and that is one of the things that makes Chili Bowl so cool is that for the first eight hours of the day on Saturday, it is nothing but racing. Um, it is constantly car after car after car after car, um, which is super cool to see. Um, so if you get the opportunity next year, definitely take that day off. <laughs> Maybe once D main start, go ahead and flip it off and just keep up with Wikipedia and, you know, go about your day, watch a couple movies or something. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it, is, again. yeah it is. And some of the best racing I think on that Saturday is from like J main up to F. Like to me, that's like the sweet spot. Like you mentioned, some of the big names are down there just because of shit luck. Um, and then you get the guys, the Cinderella stories trying to make it in and oftentimes do make it up a couple races. Yeah, it's, there is no shortage, like I said, there's no shortage of storylines for the week of Chili Bowl. For the product they put on, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not just going to knock the promoters because they do a heck of a job. Um, for those that also don't know, the Chili Bowl doesn't exist for um, 50 weeks out of the year. Uh, they build that track and take it down and build it and take it down, um, you know, just for this and the uh, the name escapes me. What's the week? Uh, the Tulsa shoot. shoot The shootout. Thank you, Ver. Um yeah, so you got you got this convention center that they bring all the stands, all the dirt, all the fences, everything yep. you see in there comes in and leaves. Um, so yep. incredibly big shout out to all those that make that happen. That um that dance alone is is worth the price of admission. Uh, so super cool. So um, yeah, so much. There's, I mean, we could talk about the chili bowl for hours and hours and hours. So many. Um, uh, you know, last year, Kaylee Bryson being the first female driver to make to make a main. She makes it back this year. Um, Jade Avedisian comes in as a rookie. Yeah. And, and is, is a main. Yeah. unbelievable, unbelievable drive, um, unbelievable drivers. Um, Jade was just putting on a clinic passing cars and yeah. inside, outside. Uh, no fear. Full send. Wicked cool to watch. Um, look, look for. I mean, she's she's got a career ahead of her. And um that's that's just awesome. Um, you know, Chad Boat, he's got he's got quite a stable and uh he's got a big winner there. Yeah. Yeah, Chad Boat's definitely one to come up here in the next couple of years as a definitely a champion car owner. Um you talk about his dad, Billy Boat, won the Chili Bowl, um, was an IndyCar car driver for a few years. Chad is no slouch himself. No. Um so man, the entire boat crew down there knows exactly what they're doing and they just need a little bit more luck. They'll get there. You got a lot of experience in that stable, you know, you got you got Jade in there, but then you've got so many, um, you know, it's like a, it's like a, you know, round table of drivers that just come in and out. And we talked a little bit before about, you know, Millbridge being open down there now in uh, down North Carolina. So you're going to see a lot more um, fanfare for, for dirt midget racing. All the guys want to try it. It looks fun. It is fun. I wish I could say I was good enough to do it. I probably can't even fit in the car. Um <laughs> Yeah, you're I a big sure guy. Love sure love to try. Um, host of ours taller than me, so he gets in it. Um, but yeah, you're gonna see you're gonna see some. Uh, you know, Chris Windham. He's been around, real experienced guy, real great racer. He's there to you know help and and give pointers. He makes the A main himself. Uh, got a little bit of bad luck, but um, yeah. Um, Chad Boat Industries, Keith Coons, all these all these big stables that are just giving all these drivers a chance. That's awesome. Um, I know that they're not doing it for free. You know, they're bringing their sponsors, they're bringing money, but um, being able to be put in a top end product and go out and do, you know, do your thing. 
that's that's cool. I just I, I'd love to see where their all their careers go. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things you just mentioned, the the size, right? You don't know if you could fit in one. I, I would be tight to fit in one. Um, Keith Koontz mentioned that if you weigh more than 140 pounds, you almost have no shot of winning Chili Bowl because the cars are so light themselves, like just that much weight and the center of gravity changes so much. Um, like Logan Seavey's not a big guy. Kyle Larson, Christopher mm -hmm. Bell aren't very big guys. So it, it really does take, you know, a certain type of driver to really be able to kick ass in a midget. And just uh, the driver themselves, you know, being able to, I think every asphalt driver should have to drive on dirt first. You should learn car control. Asphalt is quote unquote easy. You know, the tires are supposed to stick. You're supposed to be able to turn. These guys, they have to judge how much slide they have. Am I going to get woed up before I just clean out the car on my outside? Am I going to be able to gather grip? Where's the moisture? Where is it dry? Um, and then, you know, you hear the drivers talking about they have controls to adjust their shocks mid-race. So you yeah. got one hand on the wheel in a in a tiny little track that you're in the corners probably going 45 miles an hour. You're probably hitting close to 70 on the straight, back down to 45 miles an hour, and wrenching on your on your shocks, yeah. adjusting yeah. them mid-race. If that's not a driver, I don't know what is. Yeah. Yeah, it, it really does take a lot of talent to be able to do what they do. Um, and like you said, hats off. I know I couldn't do it. I'd be starting in the last row of a P main. And I'd, I'd probably make it a quarter lap, which shout out to the guy from Cheyenne, Mark Chisholm, made it a quarter lap in his eye main before rear-ending the car in front of him and snapping the tow links. <laughs> Shit luck. It happens. Yeah. Um, moving on from Chili Bowl, we have our favorite segment personally here at Fanfield Motorsports. Um, it is the Woker Joke. So we're going to go through. This is just like spot on, spot off. If you listen to DBC, um, I don't remember if we did this when you were on or not. Yeah. Um, yep. You did. Perfect. Um, so I'm going to kick them off. I'm going to read you the questions. You'll go. I'll bounce off you. We'll roll right into the next ones. All right. Let's um, go. So woke or joke, SRX snaps Clint Boyer, Kevin Harvick, and Kyle Busch for select races. And Halo Castro Nevis. Um, and Elio. So you've got these, you know, these big name drops. Um, SRX, Don Hawk, they do a really, really great job keeping the relevancy. The first year is always big, right? You don't know what something is. Um, it's new. It's exciting. And this year going to ESPN and doing Thursday Night Thunder, incredible. So awesome. Um, I, I get to be a part of it again at Stafford. So um, I'm 100% I'm woke on this. This is awesome. We're going to get to see Harvick and uh, Boyer at Stafford. Uh, but Berlin's going to gonna see you know these guys and see Elio. I don't, I don't know how it's going to be a bad race. You know, it's just impossible to put this level of talent out there and have a bad race. So um, huge shot in the arm for some of these uh, smaller tracks getting big, big, big stage re um, recognition. Awesome. Capital A. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. How could you spot off that? You know, it's a big field um, with deep in talent when Clint Boyer is the lowest name on that list. Um you know, hats off to everyone at SRX for doing what they do. Hats off to everyone at the tracks that are continuing to make this happen. Um, I have yet to watch a full SRX race. I am going to change that this year. I was super Debbie Downer the first couple years. Um, but they're really kind of impressing me. So I'm going to sit down. I'm going to watch probably all of them this year. Yeah. that um, A friend of mine does um, helps out with merchandising for them. I work at the track. You know, I get that. I'm lucky to have that opportunity. But you know, as a fan, I can step away from from the role that I get to do and still be a race fan and just get, you know, starry eyed seeing 
all the names on the sides of the cars as they go by. Um, talking to a four-time Indy 500 champion, where where else am I ever going to be able to do that? You know, besides bumping into someone like Helio at a short track. Never thought that kind of stuff was ever going to happen. But, um, you know, the vision of Ray Everham and Tony Stewart to start this off, um, certainly paying dividends to a lot of short tracks. Like I said, giving them a shot in the arm with recognition and giving the fans a chance to see. Now, people think this is going to be all washed up drivers. 100% wrong. Yeah. These guys can absolutely wheel a car. Um, they're not taking this lightly. It's not scripted or choreographed. These are guys beating and banging. And, and uh, if you think that I'm wrong, go back and watch anything Paul Tracy did um, <laughs> in the past two years and how many tore up race cars these guys got to rebuild week in and week out. Um, so, yeah, this is this is awesome. This is this is great for the sport. This is great for SRX. And I look forward to seeing where they even grow from here. Yeah. Yeah. Props to Tony and Ray for uh, not trying to grow this too quick, keeping it kind of small, letting it get its own feet um, before they try to explode it. I really enjoy that. They're not just burning themselves out of money yet. Um, so it it definitely seems like this is going to be around for quite a while. Um, maybe 10 years, maybe 30. Yeah, you, know, you never know. I never thought that IROC got the shot that it should have. Um, if you can find the archives as a race fan, those are some amazing races seeing, you know, Earnhardt versus Unser versus, you know, all these, all these big names and putting them in an ideal car, or I'm sorry, I'd identical car. And Hey, who's the driver? I mean, that was a line from, uh, from Cole trickle, right? You know, yeah. I want to have nothing stock about a stock car. Well, yeah. there is, I mean, these SRX cars are built to literally be the same in race adjustments is just a little bit of tire pressure and stuff like that, but yep. you're racing an almost identical car against other people and see who's you know whose night it is and whose ability shows through yeah yeah and one cool thing too is they'll they'll swap your cars if you don't feel like yours has the power they'll get you a new one you know they have it's, no problem with that it's it's pretty damn cool what they do it's you know it's geared for the fans but by no means is this a pushover race this is not something that they take lightly um you know i've been right down on pit road watching them strap in game faces start to finish um they are ready to do battle, and uh, I think the product on track has shown that. There's been tight pack racing, good amount of you know leaning on each other, but not just you know flat out dumping people left and right. So um, yeah, excited, excited to see it now. Excited to see where it goes. That's four drivers announced, right? That's only four right. of the entire. So you know what do they have up their sleeve? I'm I'm, I'm checking. You know, first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is checking to see, hey, did anybody else get announced? In, uh, in SRX. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, Frankie Muniz. Malcolm in the middle. My guy. He's getting a full-time ARCA ride. Um, he almost had a full-time IndyCar ride in 2010 from the sounds of it. Um, transitioned from an open-wheeled career to a stock car career in 2021. Um, he's going full-time ARCA racing. Woke or joke? It's woke. Um, I'm happy for him. He's, you know, he's a, yeah, he was an actor. He had a great success with, uh, with Malcolm in the middle. And that afforded him probably the ability to go out and do some racing, you know, use his celebrity, um, you know, be in those uh, those old uh, Toyota races where they would do the other uh, celebrity, you know, racing against each other. So, yeah, those are probably more of a I'm not going to say a real serious race, but he has entered himself into, you know, develop, developing himself as a driver. Uh, he's not out there just to be Frankie Muniz. He is out there to be a full time right, ARCA right. competitor and. Um, 
I think it's fantastic. I think it's you know a good shot in the arm for the Arca series, and maybe we'll bring some more um, some more eyes that may not have been on it before. And you know, I I can't wait to see what it does on the racetrack. It's uh, again, it's not just because it's Arca does not mean it's going to be easy. These are people right, out right. there trying to um, you know launch their careers to the next level and the next levels. So. Uh, he's going to be out there doing battle with people that are, you know, not just going to take it easy on him because he is who he is. He's another racer. He should be treated as another racer. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him. I'll be rooting for him. Yeah. 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 Drew makes up a good point. He does seem legitimately passionate about this. Um, Frankie has enough money. He could have bought an Xfinity ride years ago if he wanted, you know, he could have bought a few cup races for himself. Um, sure. He could already have been in NASCAR, but he wants to do it the right way. He wants to pay his dues. Um, make sure that he has the talent to go up. And he, so far, he's proving it to at least someone. Um, yeah, so I'm really excited. Yeah, really excited to go see him. Um, obviously, the you know the the big story going around is he was one of the last people to meet Dale Earnhardt um, right before he strapped in the car. Um, one story I heard this week, it was kind of eerie. This chassis that Sterling Marlin raced in the 2001 Daytona 500 is still mm-hmm. in use by the same ARCA team that Frankie signed for. So Frankie Muna and the, the car is still racing. Um, obviously refabbed up to be 2022, 2023 ARCA cars. Frankie has the opportunity and very well may race Sterling Marlin's chassis, the same one that got in the back of Dale Earnhardt on the first time, you know, the last time anyone got to meet Dale. Kind of creepy and, you know, comes all full circle. How can you script this stuff? So if you take it even a step further in the pre-race, Frankie got to ride in the pace car, um, so you can see uh, there's pictures of him in the passenger seat with Sterling Marlin behind him, you know, cause he was, uh, I believe he was on pole for that yeah. race. And yeah, like you said, the, there's just so many little, you know, threads that come together. Uh, Frankie, you know, he's there, he meets Dale, he, you know, he's, he's in this picture. You can see Sterling Marlin behind him and now he's racing that literal same chassis. Uh, yeah. New body, new motor, new, new running gear and all that stuff, but the same chassis that, that when I, when I saw that, that blew my mind completely, but uh, yeah, it's legit. I mean, that's what, that's what it's going to take to, uh, you know, to win and to be good is to be in a good car. And that was at the time. And I hope, um, hope it all works out for them. Yeah. Um, Petty GMS has transitioned their brand from Petty GMS to legacy motor club. It is going to be the first time I believe in NASCAR history that there will not be a petty branded team on track. Woke or joke for the t- for the name change? Whew. What's the middle of that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's woke. I I get I get why they did it. I understand, you know, the business economics of of having to to do that. Uh, as a, as a you know diehard racer race fan, it's going to be tough to not see, um, you know, a petty branded car out there but when i see that 42 and 43 and you know font on the door that that's a petty car right mm-hmm. so um anybody who's a true fan even anybody who's a casual fan is still going to know that that's a that's a petty race car and whether it's his name on the on the side of the building or not he's still got a lot of influence he's obviously still got a lot of you know admiration and respect for his career so um I'm I'm woke on it. I'm I'm okay with the name change. Uh, it's just going to take them to the next levels. What they need to do to survive as a team, how could that ever be wrong? I mean, it would be more wrong to see Petty GMS fold and be out of NASCAR completely. 
that I would certainly be against. Yeah. Yeah. And everything changes, you know, it just evolves with time. Um, I'm glad we got to see the petties still, um, still in this, you know, 75 years into the game. Um, you know, Richard's still kicking at <laughs> his age, um, which is damn cool to see. He's still out there almost every week at the track. Mm-hmm. Um, this is just part of the big, the shift in owners, right? We saw it kind of in the eighties and nineties where the shift in owners came from what was then the old guys to now the new guys. Um, and it's just happening again. Um, there was a time when people didn't think that, you know, junior Johnson would never have a car on the track. Um, and it, like you said, it's not that Petty doesn't have a car on the track. It's just setting up for the next generation of racers. And that's okay. I mean, the only thing I'm not okay with, or I'm not totally okay with is could have got maybe just a little bit cooler name. Um, <laughs> I, I saw somebody had posted, it sounds like a, a used car lot on the outside of like a military base. Yeah, it kind of does. But, um, I still, um, I still think that it's a move that they needed to probably make. And I understand why. Um, so I guess I got to give it a chance and just see, we'll, we'll see where it goes. And, uh, you know, Jimmy being around, everybody thought he'd be a shoe in to be back at uh, Hendrick in some way. Maybe he still will in his career. You know, there's nothing saying that he has to stay with legacy motor, um, his entire, you know, rest of his life. So, um, you know, the next step in Jimmy's career as a driver slash, I don't, I don't know what he does. Is he a driver development guy? Is he, uh, um, what, what yeah, does he I do? I mean, but, uh, yeah, it's cool. It's, I mean, it's cool to see Jimmy back. Uh, we'll see how he does. You know, he's, he's an open car. He's got a long road ahead of him to be in the 500. That's no guarantee. So, yeah. uh, pretty cool. Pretty cool overall. Yeah. Alex is not a fan of it by any means. See that. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and Drew alluded to it. I wonder what Jimmy's actual role is if he's just part owner. If I'm assuming he's doing a lot more than just signing checks, you know. He's not a background kind of guy. He's a he's an involved, you know, when, when he did the IndyCar thing, he he didn't just do that to get in the car and you know turn laps and burn gas. He put himself into that 110%, like everything he's done, all his triathlon stuff and obviously his racing career. Um, he didn't just win because he was in Hendrick cars. He won because of how he prepares and dedicates himself to racecraft. Yes. So um, having him on board, whatever he's going to do is going to be a positive for the team. And I think it's going to elevate them because of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm interested to see how their cars do over the course of the season. We saw Eric Jones have a lot of success last year, um, at least in terms of what Petty has had in the past. Um, mm-hmm. So it's going to be really interesting to get that shot in the arm from Jimmy, a fresh mind in there. Um, really put the nose to the grindstone, see what they can do. No shortage of talent. Eric Jones, Noah Gregson are very good race car drivers. Uh, Noah probably got a little bit more seat time than he bargained for this year. You know, just the way that the everything shook out with, uh, you know, all the storylines this season. But he's going to come in. I think he's going to bring a lot to the table. Uh, don't discount Eric Jones for racing. He didn't He didn't win a Southern 500 just because. Um, yeah. You know, a lot like um, or, um, Michael McDowell, he didn't win the Daytona 500 just because. Um, yeah. you got to be in position at the end, no matter what race it is, no matter what car you're in. Everybody's got, well, most cars have a chance to uh, to win a race, and that's that's the guy sitting in the seat, pressing the pedals and turning the wheel. Um, yeah, there's a lot that goes on outside the race car, your strategy, so on and so forth. But um, look for look for Eric and Noah to make a little noise this season. Hey, look, look for Jimmy to make some noise this season. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, keeping the train rolling with Jimmy. He's going to be driving the 84. Woke joke. 
Uh, well, I'm I'm pumped to see Jimmy back. Uh, was I his biggest fan in his career? No, because I didn't like seeing you know him. Everybody hates a winner, um, but I certainly appreciate him as a driver. Just not, not, just because I'm not a fan doesn't mean that I'm not a fan of Jimmy Johnson. Uh, ultimate champion, um, well liked throughout the entire garage. What he does off track, what he does behind the scenes, way more than people will ever uh, know, and way more than he'll ever get credit for. But that's not the kind of guy he, that he is, right? 83 wins in his career and car number 84. Does he tack another one on? Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, like I, just because I'm not buying his merch doesn't mean I'm not a Jimmy fan. <laughs> um, I'm with you, me and you were probably cussing the TV every single week from like 2007 <laughs> to 2012, man. I hated how much he won, but looking back, it is cool to know that we got to see one of the most dominant drivers in NASCAR history in their prime. No question. Um, Chad's a great mind. I mean, I'm not going to say that he does the has the same career without Chad Knauss, but um, he is still going to be a successful driver no matter what he gets into. Um, put put him in a BMX bicycle race. He probably wins that. He finds a way right. to win that. Um, you know, just a, a true champion, true ambassador of NASCAR. So glad, glad to see him back. I'm glad he got a taste of any car. I'm glad that, you know, he's able to help them grow their brand and, you know, get him. Who knows that he ever won't ever do that again. Um, he's a great driver. He's won. I mean, a dark horse of, uh, you know, I'd love to see him in an SRX car. Why not? Yeah. Looks like he's got the the time now. He's certainly got the talent. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who, who knows where, where, you know, people's pads will take them, but so happy for Jimmy. Um, he's going to race hard. He's going to be relevant. No question. He's going to, you know, maybe not make it on time. Um, but I see him making some good moves in the duels. Who's not going to work with him? Who's not going to work with with Jimmy Johnson coming through the field at a super speedway? So, uh, yeah, watch out for him. Watch out for that 80 car to make noise, 84 car to make noise. Yeah. Uh, another big announcement that was dropped um, last week was Travis Pastrana signed to 2311 Racing for the Daytona 500. Woke or joke on the Pastrana signing? I'm woke on this. And for no other reason than I hope – in my own hope of hopes that having this third car is maybe what Kurt can get, get back into if, and when he's ready. Um, I'm hoping that that's what the third car is, but to give Travis a chance, um, look, he's a dedicated racer too. I got a chance to meet him at a uh, Subaru's wicked big meet at Stafford last year. Incredibly personable guy. How can you just not like Travis Pastrana? He's just, he's just a man built to have fun. Um, that's what a lot of the, you know, 2311 seems to be is guys that are just built to have fun and go out there and do their thing. You know, Denny, Michael Jordan, amazing vision to, to now are there are other drivers maybe more qualified perhaps, but are you going to find someone with the personality and the racing pedigree of Travis Pastrana going to be a very short list. So um, it's not going to be, they're not going to put this car out there. They're not going to spend the money on this for publicity this is going to be a full out race effort um i'm sure he's already been in the sims i'm sure he's already you know pushing himself to learn these cars get advice from you know his teammates and um and go out there now having a third car will this hurt 2311 learning some things absolutely not um this is uh this is this is awesome this is uh this is so cool uh I don't know anybody besides, you know, um, rest in peace, Ken Block, 
anybody that's got better car control than um, Travis Pastrana. So bring it on. Bring bring Travis on. Let's see what he does. Yeah. Um, I'm woke for bringing him in. Like you mentioned, they're, they're probably guys I would have rather seen. But can you think of a Daytona 500 in the last 10 years with more headlines than this one? I mean, the return of Jimmy, Travis fucking Pastrana. I mean, I mean, we're we're in for a damn damn good week of duels um, and the race on Sunday. Um, I am super excited to see him. Like you said, he might not have had the success in the Bush Series, but he also wasn't in great equipment. He's not going to jump in, you know, to the stereotypical third car at twenty three eleven. They're going to be an even playing field, um, and they're not. They wouldn't have signed him if he was just going to come put around and play and you know kiss babies nope. and stuff. He's coming to race. And he is one that he will race tooth and nail. Maybe him and Jimmy get hooked up. Who knows? Um, he is going to fight damn hard to make that race and make everyone proud. Yeah, he's not going. And Daytona is not an easy track. Everybody thinks you just get out there, you floor it, you stay in the draft, and it's it's a piece of cake. Absolutely not. There is so much strategy. Um, am I working with a teammate? Am I working with somebody who I have a technical alliance with? Am I working with a friend? Am I working with you know, whomever, um, Toyota is only down to, I think what, like five cars. Um, so, you know, you're going to have, you're going to see a big paradigm shift with the Fords, the Chevys and the Toyotas who you have to work with, you know, cause, uh, who, who am I going to pit with? Who am I going to get other information from? So, uh, this is, this is not going to be easy for, uh, for 2311. Um, but that's a team that's committed to, to racing and racing well. Um, no way Denny Hamlin, Michael Jordan are going to let this just be an afterthought race team. Um, third car, but you got Tyler coming over. He's learning his way. So you're going to get more data out of three cars. Yeah. And Travis, just you, you say Travis Pastrana and right away, there is some genre of race fan that knows who Travis Pastrana is, whether it's his rally cross, whether it's nitro circus, whether it's, um, X games, what, Whatever it is that you know, Jim Connor, whatever it is you know Travis from, you are a Travis Pastrana fan. 199. It would be cool if they put that on the car, but I know they won't do a three number number. So, uh, yeah, um, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm here for Travis on the track. Yeah. I wonder if they could do, I don't think NASCAR allows letters, but maybe like a 99i, you know? Or oh, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. cool. Um, <laughs> but wishful thinking. Um, Kyle Busch is loaded with sponsors, despite JGR saying they couldn't find him any. I I don't listen, I don't know what happened between you know Kyle and, and Joe Gibbs Racing. Um, it's unfortunate because their you know their brand, whether you like it or not, is is now cemented as one of the most iconic partnerships in NASCAR history. You think of M and M's, you're going to go right to Kyle Busch, right? Yeah, if you're a true fan, you're going to go back a few years and know that M&M's was in the sport before him. Um, but the 18 yellow M&M's car, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, Kyle Busch was the face of, of that. And uh, his talent, his, um, you know, just his charisma, there was no way that he was going to ever get into another car and not have people to back him. Um, yep. Shoot, there, there could have been 40 different sponsors. They could have each paid, you know, a million bucks a piece to be on his car for one of the races in the season. Zero chance that Kyle Busch goes out on the track without backing. He's a proven winner. He's a proven champion. Um, 
he's getting into a car that, you know, Tyler Reddick won with, even when they said that the team gave up on him after the, after the announcement, he still went out there in a fast car and won races and was relevant. So is there any reason Kyle Busch can't, you know, match the success that Tyler had getting out of that car? Absolutely not. He's going to go out there and he's not, look, you know, his fire and his personality. Is he going to get into second rate stuff and just go out there to be out there? No, he's going out there to win and he's going to be pissed off if he doesn't. So a motivated Kyle Busch is a dangerous Kyle Busch. Watch out for him. Here comes the eight. Yeah, exactly. That eight car got three wins last year with a younger (laughs) guy. Um, It's going to be real cool to see what they do with Kyle Busch. This almost, I am completely joke on this. This is, it almost leads me to believe there was something else, not necessarily between him and JG. Um, I think there was some sort of, I don't want to say animosity, but kind of just some friction going on between them. Um, But this almost makes me feel like there's something going on with Toyota and the sponsors they allow in, right? Maybe there was plenty of people that tried to, and either Joe or Toyota said, no, that's not our brand. There's, there is a lot of influence from Toyota and they're not in racing to be second rate either. Um, They came in um, as, as a joke, you know, nobody took them seriously. And then all of a sudden they started winning races. Then they started winning a lot of races. Then they win championships. So maybe their influence is good and bad. Like you said, maybe there is no, maybe there is no um, good thing that comes from them, like steering a sponsor, you know, maybe, Maybe that needs to be left to the team. Maybe those decisions need to come down to the drivers and their past alliances and relationships that they bring along. Um, you know, you've seen it from time to time where drivers have have jumped ship and brought their sponsors with them. Could that have happened? It could have. Um, yeah, is is Toyota a little bit too much in the mix with um, or TRD in the mix with Joe Gibbs? Maybe. And then who knows what fractured the relationship? But uh, you know, at least it's not. It's not completely going to be contentious. I don't think they're going to be cold shouldering each other at the racetrack. Um, you know, each of them is going to be hurting a little bit because they were, whether they like it or not, they were racing family for a long time with a lot of success. So, um, you know, Joe Gibbs has had a lot of adversity in, in his life. Um, you know, even with this, you know, the past season, I'm sure everybody's well aware. So um, I, I hope that they are successful. I, you know, hold, I think that they're still one of the top tier race teams that there is. And uh, Kyle had to do what Kyle had to do for him. Right. So, um, you know, if you don't want me to play in your playground, I'll take my ball and go home, but rest assured, I'm going to be back in the game just as soon as I can. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like you said, Kyle's no slouch. He's not just going to put around. He's not, he, he will quit driving cars before he gets into something that he doesn't feel like he can win. Absolutely. Uh, and that's just the kind of guy that Kyle is. Um Moving in, kind of keeping the same with the sponsors, um, Mahindra Tractors debuted their 2023 scheme for Chase Briscoe. I don't know if you saw this, but this thing has dirt caked all over it. It's got it on the um, the whole design of the wrap, the helmet, the suit, the shoes, kind of giving homage to not only their brand, tractor brand, but also Chase Briscoe's, uh, you know, his lineage and coming up through the ranks. I love when a sponsor gets the driver. Um, I like when they get to have a little bit of personality. Um, this was a big thing you saw with Dale Jr. His whole career, he always had a little bit of creative control with when on his race car. You know, he was so um, so detail driven with with what he uh, with what he put on the track. And being that Mahindra came into the sponsorship with Stuart Haas and uh, on the fourteen, um, I like their branding. I like the commercials when they first came out. You know, the Tony versus Chase things, and uh, yeah, you know, Chase or uh, Mahindra tractors 
they do their work in the dirt. Um, Chase Briscoe built a career racing in the dirt before he, you know, he got himself into asphalt racing. So this is awesome. I, I love seeing the, the, the merger of, you know, personality, sponsor, mm -hmm. all being on the same page. I don't see where there's a downside with, with what this does. Uh, you saw Mahindra sponsor chase through his, um, his chili bowl. You've seen him. Um, they've followed him with other racing ventures that he's been in. So um, I didn't really know a lot about the Mahindra brand before it came on the 14 and um, it made me do my own research. So uh, hats off. This is awesome. Um, car just looks cool. I'd love to see more, um, more, you know, uh, creativity in the wraps going forward. Yeah. Yeah. Again, how could you, how could you be woke about this or, or how could you be joke about this? This is hard. So woke. Um, yeah. Like you said, I just, I love when the sponsors pair up with the driver and win with the teams and with their own brand and, and just have some fun with it too. Um, you know, NASCAR is one of the more serious motorsports we have in the country, but man, is it, is it fun sometimes? I mean, I know that, uh, you know, Al Geyer had a fight or junior motorsports had a fight with NASCAR. They wanted to put the corn kernels in the number. And NASCAR for the longest time said no. Um, first of all, how do you tell Dale Earnhardt Jr. anything no? Um, <laughs> he is he is quite literally the pulse of of motor racing, especially you know NASCAR Cup Series, Xfinity Series. Um, I, I want to put corn kernels in my number. That's cool. That's detail that you know the casual fan might pass over, but the diehard Algaier fan loves that. Um, yep. It's distinctive, and that's what you got to be. You got to be distinctive. Everybody's going to be on on TV at some point. Everybody's going to get coverage, but what are people going to know you for, right? So um, that's awesome. I'm yeah. Go Mahindra. Go. Uh, um, oh, Al Guy sponsor. I got to give. Oh, uh, Brant. Brant, thank you. Um, yeah, do things like that. Bring bring the sponsors. Bring their personality out in your car. I think that's true. Yeah, hundred percent. And NASCAR fans, we love talking about paint schemes. I don't yeah. think there's anything more we love talking about than paint schemes most of the time. And you know, when you get one that really clicks with everything and looks badass, man, it's you're remembered for years. What's the biggest story before the Southern Five Hundred every year? What paint yeah. are you running? What's yeah. your throwback going to be? Um, yeah, that's that's your whole identity. You're you know, when the driver signs his number, he puts his name and what his car number. So. Yeah. All that stuff is part of your brand and part of your identity. And, uh, you know, Jeff Gordon always said, I made money in my salary, but where I really made my boatload was hats and T-shirts in the beginning. Um, and before him, Dale Sr., you know, he had the vision to be part of um, part of Action Racing, you know, who became Lionel and all that. But, um, yeah, had the vision to brand themselves out there. And now, you know, you see merchandise in every way, shape and form for uh, for racers. So huge deal. Wicked cool. Uh, yeah, give me more of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, only a couple more here left. Monster Energy stayed on 2311 to sign with Tyler Reddick. Woke or joke for them not jumping ship with anyone? Uh, I think a little bit joke on this one. Uh, I think they – now I get that they had a relationship with Ty. I know that he won the championship, and, you know, I'm as fortunately uh, – you know, rest in peace to his father, you know, the very unfortunate passing right after the championship. So I get that they're loyal to him and, and I respect that, but really who built the brand for them in, you know, in the, in the cup series or in the full body series was Kurt. Um, and I know Kurt doesn't have the ability to race right now, but 
should they have maybe stuck around and done their thing with with where they were? Yeah, I think they kind of should have. Yeah. And and you alluded to it earlier. Who knows if this is the end of Kurt with that third car coming in? Um, we very well could see Kurt Busch racing a handful of races this year in a Monster Energy number 67. Um, it'll be interesting going forward, to say the least. Um, the good news is we still at least have a Monster car out there. Um, they're not completely faded away like a lot of other ones are. Um, it'll be interesting to see in the future if Rowdy Energy comes up to the Cup Series, what kind of heads those butt. You know, maybe we'll have Beer Wars 2.0, um, which would be kind of cool to see. The Energy Wars, right? Yeah, <laughs> Battle of the Energies. Um, our last bullet point here, the most somber of them all, um, with respect to the Ashton Torgerson incident, Kevin Harvick announcing that this will be his last year starting the forever campaign um 2023 he is done racing full-time i think he said he's done racing in the cup series completely um which is kind of what i got from it so woke or joke retirement of harvick i'm woke for it but i hate it um i'm gonna hate to see the cup series without kevin harvick and look every racer has has a timeline right every racer is going to have to hang up the helmet someday. And it's not something you want. Um, you know, I've, I've come up watching the sport for a long time and I've seen, you know, a lot of my favorite drivers hang it up. And then, you know, your biggest fear is, well, who do I root for now? Um, yeah. Yeah. You're going to, you're not going to lose Kevin Harvick, you know, at, for, for relevancy. He's, you know, along with Dale Jr., Justin Marks and Jeff Burton bought into the cars tour. Um, that's, that's tremendous. That's, going to be him giving back to bring racers up to you know the top level his story is very compassionate um you know getting the chance to race in the cup series after you know the one of the biggest events in the entire timeline of the cup series uh taking over i don't know how many how you find bigger shoes to fill then i have to now jump into dale earnhardt's car and be a winner um he did he went right out to atlanta and uh one of the most iconic uh, wins of, uh, of any driver's career. I actually, I can't reach it, but I just found the 2001 29 car uh, die cast. Um, that's going to be one of the, the highlights of my collection. Wasn't a big Kevin fan for many years. Um, didn't, didn't quite understand him, but as he evolved into the driver that he's become the mentor, he's become the voice that he's become um, of safety, of innovation, of, um, being the pulse of the drivers and the pulse of the garage and not being afraid to say his piece. Um, million, million percent respect for Kevin Harvick, what he's done in his career. I've become a very big fan. Um, super awesome that, that he became a cup champion. Really thought he had a chance in, uh, man, that, that, that magical year with all the wins and all the, all the laps led and kind of came down to some funny stuff. But anyway, yeah. and I hate seeing the series without Kevin Harvick as a full-time driver hope maybe he dabbles back in someday does the Jimmy Johnson thing you know when you become an adjective uh, I'm going to do the Jimmy Johnson um yeah it's kind of funny but yeah it's going to be going to be tough to see to see Kevin go but you're going to see um you're going to see Keelan's career develop he's going to be an instrumental part of that he's a family man always has been puts his family you know first um some of those scenes you know seeing seeing Keelan in the car after the win and, you know, riding around on the roll bars that, that shows you what kind of person that, that Kevin Harvick is. And he understands that it's his time to hang it up. And I respect a driver for do anybody that does that. When you've, 
when you've made the decision that it's now my time to leave, stand by it. All right. If you want to come back, yeah, that door is always open. But if you feel like you've done everything you can and what box has hidden he checked off in his career, then, you know, I'm going to be really sorry to see you go. But know that that's a new opportunity for a driver that's up and coming to get another uh, top tier seat. So, uh, yeah, uh, give it everything you got this year, Kevin. I, I can't, you know, he's, he's as dangerous as anybody when you get somebody motivated. If this is what, if this yeah. is his last hurrah, don't expect to see him, um, you know, just filling fields and running mid pack. He's driven. He's, if he's got a fire lit underneath him, he's going to be good. So, um, Let's uh, yeah, let's see what the four cars from SHR can uh, can bring to the table. And um, yeah, thanks for the memories, Kevin. Thank you for all the memories. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's going to be tough because Kevin is kind of the last of the guys from my childhood that I grew up watching race, you know, and kind of developed with his career as I grew up. Um, so this really like to me, this is kind of the end of an era. You know, all the guys that I grew up as a kid watching are now out of the sport after Kevin's gone. Um, like you said, there isn't a box left that he hasn't checked. Um, he's won everything you can in NASCAR, um, you, many times over for the most part, um, with regards to the championship Daytona 500, he still has a damn good shot to get another one of each of those. Um, oh, expect Kevin, just like you said, to roll over and to fill fields. Um, Kevin has a damn good chance to go out on top and win the last race at Phoenix. Um, he's no question. Still go out. I have no doubt he gets a win this year. Um, oh, he's yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's I, if you're a betting man, I, I'd be putting some money on Kevin Harvick every week okay. to uh, to take that W. Uh, this it's just gonna happen. I'm, <laughs> yeah, that, that's one of the ones that that's one of those things that is just it's just gonna be that way. So yeah, yeah, it'll be sad to see him go. But you know, like you said, I had the opportunity um, in 2020 um, to have an actual sit down with Kevin Harvick um, through a Zoom call through a buddy of mine. Um, right before the Charlotte Roval race in 2020, we got to sit down and talk with Harvick for about 15 minutes. Um, and it was so cool. And you could get right from the get-go that he is a family man, that he is prouder than hell of Keelan and all the things he's done. So I have no doubt that we're going to be seeing more of Kevin in the future, just in a different role. Um, Drew has, leaded, has kind of alluded to it here, broadcasting. Kevin has a huge broadcasting career in front of him, too. If oh, like. yeah. He's top-notch. Um, yeah, he is one of the best guys in the booth. Um, and Fox or NBC would be foolish not to scoop him up while they can. Um, Drew's also saying, and I have heard shuffles of this, but Gluck and Bianchi both said that he almost did a, a Carl Edwards thing at the end of last season. So you wonder how much animosity there is between Kevin and NASCAR right now. Oh, it's got to be. It, it's it's got to be big. Um, you know, you don't get out of a car and directly call out. And he didn't mince words. He didn't. He didn't make yeah. metaphors. He said it. Um, but that's his right. That's his right effort, his pedigree, his career and his fellow racers. He is expected to be the person to say that. And that's what you're going to, that's what you're going to be missing. Most you're going to be missing that mouthpiece that Kevin Harvick is mm -hmm. when he talks, people listen and whether NASCAR likes it or not, he is saying things that need to be said, yeah. um, that, that need to be addressed, that need to be talked about. So, um, yeah, how do you how do you just not appreciate? You don't have to like the guy, but you have to appreciate and respect his position for who he is, what he's done, and what he's trying to do for his fellow competitors. So, uh, yeah, 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 if that's if that's how he goes, and he, you know, I'm sure he has no love lost for NASCAR, but you know, 
it's, it's not like he's not going to respect them. That's provided his, you know, career for the past, you know, number of years of his yeah, life. Yeah. So it's not like he just is going to flat out hate NASCAR, but he's going to stop and make them think about what they are doing to, you know, for their own longevity and driver's longevity for that matter. Yeah. Yeah. And more than just seeing him on the track, that is what NASCAR is going to miss most is the guy who isn't going to bite his tongue. You know, we've always kind of had one from Dale Sr. and Daryl Waltrip to Tony Stewart. Um, now it's kind of being passed from Kevin on to Denny. You can kind of feel that transition happening to where Denny is going to be the future leader. Um, but Denny doesn't have many more years left. So some of these young guys better start stepping up and and really kind of figuring out where they lie in order to keep that voice alive and not let the drivers just get run over. So that brings up an interesting point that, you know, who's going to be that guy? One that springs in the back of my mind, and he doesn't have the years in service yet, but Noah Gregson. Yeah. He's a personality. He's colorful. He doesn't he doesn't mince words. He's another one that tells you what's on his mind. Um, maybe a little bit too much on his mind. Yeah, I wrecked that guy at Road America because um, he pissed me off. So, okay, um, while well, I, <laughs> well, I appreciate that, um, <laughs> maybe a little less um, honesty at times, but, you know, he's got to get he's, – he's, he's got to cut his teeth in the Cup Series. Um, he's certainly shown what, what he does in the Xfinity Series, and now coming up to the top tier, the bright lights, big stage. Um, if he gets a little bit of time, you know, and the respect of his fellow drivers, he's one that could maybe carry that torch someday. Um yeah, you got a lot of you got a lot of good young racers coming through and you know they're also coached now. That's one thing I miss about the old NASCAR is you shot from the hip. Now part of your driver development is sitting in front of a camera and talking about your sponsors and what you say and what you don't say. Mm-hmm. Um I know Noah's gonna be a handful when it comes to that. Uh Dale Jr. has alluded to that at times that you know he's had to talk to Noah about what he you know he has and hasn't done um as a driver for him and but he's had a ton of success. I think he's gonna have success and yeah, maybe he can parlay that into becoming, you know, a well-respected spoke uh, spokesman for the drivers in the Cup Series. Yeah, yeah, it'll be very interesting to see moving forward what the next twenty years holds for everyone in the sport. Um, one thing we will have to get you on at least once or twice more this year because, man, we got a hell of a silly season. We're gonna have to start talking about who's filling this four car. Um, yep, you know, we're big, gonna... big hole there. Yep, massive hole. Um, one thing that I'll get into um, as we kind of inch closer to the season is I am a huge fucking Ryan Priest supporter. <laughs> I think that guy has the talent to win 40 cup races, and I am not shy about saying it. So I've seen Ryan for a long time, you know, being at Stafford and seeing him when he was racing weekly cars. And um, I've had a lot of success doing that, a lot of success at the tour level, um, a lot of success when he moved into, you know, the JGR car in the Xfinity series. Um just because it's a good car doesn't mean that you just get to win. Um, right. You know, Logano did it and, you know, prior to that. And so um, a lot of talent. Um, I have a lot of respect for, you know, he's, he's a love it or hate it guy. Um, you don't find a lot of middle ground Ryan Priest fans. Either you love him or you hate him. And for whatever reason, um, maybe you, you know, maybe you had run-ins with him or, uh, you know, back in his, in his short track days, but he brings it every week. He's proven that he's, he's, you know, he says, I drive for trophies. Right. And, you put him in the truck series, he goes out and gets wins. He's up at the front. He's he's doing the things he needs to do to get back to his the, the seat that he's in now. Um, I think he's got a lot of pressure on him. I think that this is a very, very big make or break year for him, and I really would like to see him do well. Um, I, I respect him personally because of 
um, what he's put into his own career. He's not someone that just jumped, brought his helmet to the track, jumped in and drove. He builds race cars. He knows race cars. He's, you know, made his network. He's made his, um, you know, he's made his way up to where he is a lot of on his own. Now he's had great teams. He's had great backing, but you still have to be a good driver, a good personality and, um, you know, have all those, you know, all those stars aligned for you. So, um, been a long road back for him to get into the, you know, in the Stuart Haas car and wish him all the, you know, all the best and hope he has a lot of success doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Like you mentioned, he's either a love him or hate him guy. I am a, a diehard. Give me more Ryan Priest. If the field could be filled with 40 Ryan Priest guys that just race for trophies and don't give a shit, man, I'd be one happy camper. Yeah. He, he tells you, you know, what's on his mind and he, yeah. I am here to win. I'm not here to be everybody's best friend. I am here to win. Um, as a car owner, how do you not appreciate that? How do you, um, you know, didn't now everybody said, oh, well, this was, this was going to be, you know, his ride anyway. He was going to be back in the cup series. No, absolutely no, yeah. not. Um, there are, you know, essentially for all intents and purposes, there are 40 cars that are going to race in the cup series week in and week out. Okay. You being one of 40 people to get an opportunity to race cars is a bigger blessing than you think. So there was no guarantee he was coming back to the Cup Series. Right. Uh, he had some, you know, he had a little bit of success with uh, with the, um, the JTG deal. Not not a lot, but uh, was relevant and, and did his thing and, you know, took his role and understood what it was going to take for him to get back, and he did it. Um, so hats off. That's awesome. Um, love to see another, uh, you know, Northeast short track guy out there, you know, representing and still being true to his roots, being a racer. You know, hey, good for him. Go, Ryan. One last thing I'll ask before we start to get to shout outs and outros. Over under 50% chance Ryan Priest gets in a fight this year. Oh, I don't think that's him. I don't think I don't think he needs to go out there and and do that to um you know, because, I mean, if I was going to put on anybody, I, I would have said that Denny would have, you know, knocked Ross out at some point. I mean, there's only so many times you can you can smash into somebody's car before you before you lose your mind. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'd, so I'm taking the under. All right, to answer All your right, question, I'll, I'm taking the under. I'll take the over. I think Ryan's just <laughs> scrappy enough to get lit and and at least throw a shove. But if he is, it means he's, he's doing something um, – Hey, any any ad time is is good time. Anytime right. your name's being mentioned, it is good. Um, good, you know, for the right reasons, for the wrong reasons. Sponsors like their their names, and you know, as soon as you get out of the car, it's the my number and my sponsor was great today. So, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I'll, I I think his on track is going to prove more than his off track. Yeah, I agree completely. Um, with that being said. Matt, we really thank you for having, for coming on again. Um, we really enjoy having you on and talking to you, picking your brain. Um, you offer a lot of good insight being just your geographical location and the amount of shit you've seen racing. Um, it's always Better great. Better good. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, so do you before, have any... um, before I go, I just wanted to um, give a shout-out to my uh, my sponsor, Casella, who uh, does a lot with uh, Stabber Speedway and other drivers that they, uh, they sponsor there. Uh, Mark Sr. and Mark Jr. have uh, – kind of giving me this unofficial official role of being their, uh, their e-driver for, um, you know, all the iRacing stuff that I do. So 
thanks to them for that. Um, also for the fan fuel motorsports, we're going to be entering the 24 hours, um, of, uh, of Daytona, the Rolex 24 with uh, my teammates, uh, Shane, Terry, and Alex, we're going to go out there and put on as good of a show as we can. Um, it's going to be our first, uh, four person team event. So looking forward to that. Um, a lot of lost sleep, but a lot of, uh, a lot of fun that will yeah. be had, um, racing out there with my teammates. Yeah. Well worth it for the loss of sleep, <laughs> at Heck least yeah. for that, that one day, that 24 hour period. Um, nope. it's exciting to see you guys out there. I'm really stoked for racing to get back into full swing. Um, the only bad thing about chili bowl is that it's a month away from anything, you know, it, yeah. it kick ass chili bowl week. And then we get nothing for like three or four weeks. Well, there's um, not a lot of nothing. Um, you know, like you said, the silly season stuff is coming in full bore and, um, yeah, headlines galore. What's going to happen? You know, we're only a couple weeks away from speed weeks. Um, you know, new Smyrna speed weeks kicks off and then, uh, Daytona speed weeks is right behind that. So we got racing, racing and more racing coming up here real soon. Yeah. It'd be here before we know it. Um, again, Matt, thank you so much for coming on. It was great having you great talking chili bowl and just NASCAR with you. Um, we'll definitely have to get you on again, at least a couple more times this year to pick your brain. Um, on the way out, I want to thank you guys at home for watching. Um, Drew, as always, I'm going to give a special shout out to. I don't think he's missed a show in like a year and a half. So he's a really great supporter of us. Um, please check us out on Twitter, Facebook, um, YouTube at FanFuelMSM. Um, we're also on Twitch um, where you can see all the iRacing stuff that we do. Um, and we are also, we are now on TikTok. Check us out, FanFuelMSM on TikTok. Alex and Nate have already put out a couple of really good videos of that. Um, so, that being said, I'm Colton. This is Matt. Thank you guys so much for another great episode of Fan Field Motorsports. Take care.